first-time listener, welcome to the Believing for a Reason podcast. Uh, if you listened to my very first podcast episode ever, then welcome back. I appreciate you uh, taking the time to listen. My name is Daniel Edward, and uh, this is a Christian apologetics podcast. And today's topic is going to be the genealogy of Jesus. So um, just give you a, a quick note here. So one of the things I believe in uh, as a Christian is the inerrancy of the Bible. I do believe the Bible is inspired Word of God. Uh, yes, it was physically written by man, but inspired by God, and thus there are no discrepancies. Uh, it is an accurate source for us to go by uh, to know His Word. So, with that said, uh, I've been challenged on that a number of times uh, in, a, in a few different sections of the Bible. So, I'd like to take a, a moment here to just talk about one particular challenge I've had in the past, and that is the uh, the differences of the genealogies of Jesus that are presented in Matthew chapter 1 and also in Luke chapter 3. So uh, if, if you are familiar with this, then you'll know exactly what I'm talking about. If not, then uh, this might be news to you. As as a, a new Christian, uh, when I first heard about this, it was in fact news to me. So it's, it's something that uh, I, I took seriously and I said you know well let's look at this let's give this a fresh uh, a fresh look here and and see what this is really all about so I know a lot of us uh, you know if if you have read the Bible or are reading a Bible perhaps you know there's a lot of uh, genealogies son of this person son of that person and so forth all throughout the Bible but I would argue that one of the most important uh, you know genealogies is is that of Jesus Uh, and that is due to uh, the the prophecies that uh, are presented in the Old Testament. So, I want to see that you know the Old Testament prophets say this is this is where Jesus will come from, and then the New Testament want to see a fulfillment of those prophecies, um, in essence. So, uh, what I'd like to do here is, if you could bear with me, I'm going to read through the uh, genealogy of Jesus as is presented in Matthew chapter one, and. Uh, you know, if you want to go back and reference this material, I'm going to uh, probably within the next day or so post the supporting material on my website at believinforareason.com, uh, and that's believing just like believing but with no g. Uh, believing f o r a reason.com. So uh, hopefully, I get that up there as soon as possible, and you can go uh, check this out and do some research for yourself. See if you agree or not with me, uh, and I'd be happy to have. A discussion about that if you care to post a comment at believeinforreason.com. So here we go. This is a, and I read a, I do most of my studying just out of the ESV or the English Standard Version. Uh, that's the version of the Bible I prefer to, to use. Um, I also do some comparisons in a variety of other translations as well, but uh, ESV is my primary Bible. So anytime I do some reading, unless I have a specific uh, topic I'd like to talk about or specific uh, word use I'd like to reference. Um, I'll be reading from ESV. Uh, if it's going to be anything else, I will let you know uh, on, on the podcast or in the, the blog, depending. So here you are, Matthew chapter 1, verse 1. The book of the genealogy of Jesus Christ, the son of David, the son of Abraham. Abraham was the father of Isaac, and Isaac the father of Jacob, and Jacob the father of Judah and his brothers. 
and Judah, the father of Perez and Zerah by Tamar, and Perez, the father of Hezron, and Hezron, the father of Ram, and Ram, the father of, the father of Amminadab, and Amminadab, the father of Nishan, and Nishan, the father of Salmon, and Salmon, the father of Boaz by Rahab, and Boaz, the father of Obed by Ruth, and Obed, the father of Jesse, and Jesse, the father of David the king. So they go to King David, that's an important point of reference. We'll get back to that in, in just a bit. And David was the father of Solomon by the wife of Uriah, and Solomon the father of Rehoboam, and Rehoboam the father of Abijah. So just bear with me as I, I slaughter these uh, the pronunciations of these names. So just uh, give me a little room to wiggle. I'd appreciate that. And Abijah the father of Asaph, and Asaph the father of Jehoshaphat, and Jehoshaphat the father of Joram, and Joram the father of Uzziah, and Uzziah the father of Jotham, and Jotham the father of Ahaz, and Ahaz the father of Hezekiah, and Hezekiah the father of Manasseh, and Manasseh the father of Amos, and Amos the father of Hosiah, and Hosiah the father of Jeconiah and his brothers, at the time of the deportation to Babylon. And here we go, we'll continue on verse 12 here. And after the deportation of Babylon, Jeconia was the father of Shilatel, and Shilatel was the father of Zerubbabel, and Zerubbabel was the father of Abuid, and Abuid the father of Eliakim, and Eliakim the father of Azor, and Azor the father of Zadok, and Zadok the father of Akim, and Akim the father of Eliud, and Eliud the father of Elazar, and Elazar the father of Mathan, and Mathan the father of Jacob, and Jacob, this is in verse 16, and Jacob the father of Joseph, the husband of Mary, of whom Jesus was born, who is called Christ. So all the generations, this is verse 17, so all the generations from Abraham to David were 14 generations, and from David to the deportation to Babylon, 14 generations, and from the deportation to Babylon to the Christ, 14 generations. So I know that's a, a lot of the father of and so forth, um, but that is Matthew's uh presentation of the genius start so from Jesus in this case all the way back to Adam so he does it in a sort of reverse order from Matthew so that's one difference if that was the only difference between these two uh, genealogies or lineages then uh, you know it, it would not be a, an issue right we would really be having I'm be doing this podcast we've really been having this conversation so um, just keep that in mind as you go through this it's in reverse order so this is in uh, Luke chapter 3 it starts in verse 23 the genealogy of Jesus Christ uh, verse 23 says Jesus when he began his ministry was about 30 years of age being the son as was supposed and that's in parentheses of Joseph the son of Heli and the son of Mephet and the son of Levi the son of Melchi the son of Janai the son of Joseph the son of Matthias the son of Amos the son of Nahum the son of Esli the son of Nagai the son of Math the son of Matthias the son of Simeon the son of Joseph, the son of Jodah, son of Jonan, the son of Resa, the son of Zerubbabel, and the son of Shealtiel, the son of Neri, the son of Melchi, and the son of Adi, the son of Kosam, the son of Elamad, and the son of Er, the son of Joshua, the son of Eliezer, and the son of Jorim, the son of Mathet, the son of Levi, the son of Simeon, the son of Judah, the son of Joseph, the son of Jonam, the son of Elikim, and the son of Meleah, the son of Meleah, the son of Matatha, and the son of Nathan, the son of David, the son of Jesse, the son of Obed, the son of Boaz, the son of Salah, the son of Nashon, the son of Amminadab, the son of Admin, the son of Arni, the son of Hezron, the son of Perez, the son of Judah, the son of Jacob, the son of Isaac, the son of Abraham, uh, and, and so forth. So it goes all the way back to Adam. I'm not going to go through the whole thing on this one. But, um, you know, so you notice that 
Luke takes it all the way back to Adam, who he calls the son of God, right? So obviously God was, in fact, Adam's father, so to speak, um, not in a, a begotten sense, but in a created sense. Uh, and if you're curious about the difference between uh, begotten and created, I have a, a post about that very topic at believeinforreason.com. Please check it out. Uh, I look, I'd like to hear some commentary from you if you care to do so. So let's uh, let's take a look at this. I know that's a, a lot to throw at you at one time here, especially on a podcast, and you may be driving listening to this. So, you know, no need to pull over and, and write all this stuff down. Again, I'll post all this material on believeinforreason.com. But uh, just give you some quick background here. So why, why do Matthew and Luke even bother including these genealogies of Jesus in their uh, their gospel accounts? Well, for, for Jews at the time, especially, genealogies were of high importance, right? So, you know, Jews were, were of the law, they're under the law of Moses, not to mention, you know, the uh, secular law, so to speak. So, you know, there there had to be some, there, when there's right disputes, is, is this my right to that, or do I have a legal right to this? Um, you know, the, the genealogy of a person becomes very important. So what is your, what is your lineage? And that, in fact, could potentially settle a dispute of that nature. So accurate records were kept of these genealogies uh, by by the Jews at the time. So, you know, these genealogies that Matthew and Luke present could be easily referenced by uh, any any given person here. So, if they were to present, keep this in mind, if they were to present false genealogies uh, of Jesus, somebody could go back and check these records and verify. Uh, what they say. So that's that's an interesting point, I'd say, because you know, we don't have anything today to really dispute either of their genealogies to say, hey, this is not right or that's not right. We have no writings that we found from the time period or, or anything of, of that matter. So, you know, that that's something I think is kind of interesting just on on the front. So you'd think that they would there would be some kind of dispute at the time these, these uh, gospel accounts were written. Um, so these genealogies helped uh, helped answer questions for both practical and legal purposes. And as I mentioned, so from a legal standpoint, proof of inheritance. Well, I've descended from this person, therefore uh, I should be king or prince or whatever the case might be. And, you know, that's here's my legal rights based on my lineage. So it becomes very important. I think that's why Matthew and Luke each decided to include these accounts in their Gospels. So, you know, what, what do we know about what was... "Quote unquote," supposed to happen. You know what, what the prophets said about you know Jesus, what his where he would come from, what his lineage would be. Well, one thing we know is that uh, you know Jesus was going to descend from David, King David, according to the flesh. So keep in mind that both of these uh, genealogies that Matthew and Luke present, they in essence, really start at David. That's that's the point of divergence between Matthew's genealogy that he presents and Luke's that he presents. So it splits there, and Matthew follows the line of Solomon. Well, Luke follows the line of Nathan. So that's really the, the, the starting point. So both of these go back to David. So no worries here. So far, we're in, we're in pretty good shape. Um, so, you know, it says in... Uh, the, in the Lord's covenant with David, Second Samuel uh, chapter 7, verse 12 says, When your days are fulfilled and you lie down with your fathers, I will raise up your offspring after you. He shall come from your body, and I will establish his kingdom. This is important. Who shall come from your body? Well, it sounds to me as, as though that means... Uh, in a literal sense, like, you know, you will literally come from your body. So you will be a physical or blood relative, so to speak, 
of David. So, okay, that's fine. We know that uh, based on Scripture that Jesus was born of Mary, so he has to have some kind of blood uh, ties to somebody, right? So, um, so we're, we're in pretty good shape there. So we know that Joseph wasn't Mary's husband, wasn't Jesus's father according to Scripture. So, um, you know, so but we still have Jesus tied by blood to a person. So we're still in pretty good shape so far. So you know, but there's still some discrepancies that we're going to have to account for. Um, so one of those discrepancies, if you look through Matthew's um, genealogy here, is it goes through and uh, we come with a problem of uh, a curse, you know, in, in that curse lies uh, on the back of Jaconia. So uh, Jaconia was a, a, a wicked king, basically. So, um, and God said to Jaconia in Jeremiah 22, verse 30, Thus says the Lord, Write this man down as childless, a man who shall not succeed in his days, for none of his offspring shall succeed in sitting on the throne of David and ruling again in Judah. What does that mean? So Jesus is saying, listen, you are you are a wicked king, or God, excuse me, was saying you are a wicked king, and thus, you know, this this Messiah is not going to come from your line. That's what I, I get out of this. Again, I'd love to hear from you so we can have a debate about this if you have a different opinion, or if you have the same, if you're of the same opinion, that's great too. Give me a little reinforcement. I'd appreciate it. So. You know, so that is that is a bit of an issue, though, because if Messiah is not going to come from Jaconia's line, then, and we look at Matthew's gospel, and he is following the line of Solomon, uh, in which Jaconia falls and goes all the way to Joseph, then what, what's the deal here? Well, um, really, if you look at this, Joseph the, the is uh, understandably not... Uh, Jesus's biological father, but he would be, uh, and since his legal father, because he's the husband of, or becomes the husband of Mary, Jesus's biological mother, if you will. So this is Matthew's gospel presents um, the lineage of Joseph, the genealogy of Joseph, who ends up being Jesus's legal father. So what does that mean? It means that Matthew is presenting, in this case, the legal. The, the legal rights or legal genealogy of Jesus, not necessarily the physical or biological lineage or blood lineage or, or genealogy of Jesus. So this 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 idea kind of bypasses this curse that that falls on Jaconia here. So, um, you know, so so then the question becomes, what about the Gospel of Luke? What's going on there? So. If we look back at Luke's gospel, so he has quite a few more folks in his, his um, genealogy than Matthew does. Um, and let me uh, let me flip back over here to to Luke's account. So Luke says again in, in verse 23 of chapter 3 of Luke it says Jesus when he began his ministry was about 30 years of age, and being the son, parenthesis, open friend, as was supposed, close parentheses of Joseph the son of Heli, or some some uh, translations say Eli without the H. So this is interesting. So what we're looking at here is he's being the son as was supposed of Joseph. What Luke is presenting here is not really the genealogy of Joseph. Rather, Luke is presenting the genealogy of Mary, Jesus's biological, as the case were, mother. 
well, why doesn't he just say Mary? I mean, shoot, Matthew has listed several uh, women in his genealogy. So, and that's that's a little unorthodox for Matthew. So, Jews did not generally include women in genealogical uh, accounts or, or family trees, so to speak. They really focused on the fathers. Um, in, in this case, the father of this person, father of that person, and so on. Um, but you know, Matthew knew what he was doing. He wasn't. Matthew had a specific intent here. Uh, one was to present the genealogy of. Joseph and therefore Jesus from a legal standpoint, but he also included these women who have questionable, if you will, histories, right? So so look up some of these women in, in Matthew's genealogy in, in, in the Old Testament and see what kind of lives they, they led and what kind of things they did. These are questionable people, but Matthew has a goal here, and his goal is to, is to emphasize the fact that Jesus has come for all of us. Right, so it doesn't matter what your history is. He's he's coming for Jew and Gentile alike. If you have a shady past, it doesn't matter. Jesus has come to save us all, to present a blood sacrifice once and for all for all of us. And that's why Matthew's including these uh, women in his genealogy. Luke, on the other hand, uh, you should know about Luke that he is uh, a couple things. A couple things that Luke is into. One. He's a physician, which is something that's held in high esteem um, at this particular time. So if you're a physician, then, man, you must have it going on, right? So Luke is also another thing, and that is an avid historian. So Luke likes the facts, right? He likes likes to record things. He likes to know what's going on. He doesn't necessarily want conjecture. He really wants to see exactly what happened. So being a historian and a physician, Luke uh, is, is, I would say, likely to be prone to sticking with how it's supposed to work, quote-unquote. So hey, I'm not gonna, he says, I'm not going to include women, I'd imagine. I'm going to include just you know, the, the men in this thing. But you know, I think it's important that, we, that he establish a blood lineage for Jesus because that's what we need to know about here. So he goes to Mary, but he puts Joseph in her place at the end of this uh, genealogy, or in this case, <laughs> toward the beginning of it, the way he presents it. So, you know, that that's a, a decision that Luke has made here. Um, you know, so some would, would argue this point. So they say, well, you know, there are um, some accounts that give us an issue here with, with, with this thing, especially with, with, with uh, Hilar Eli being um, Mary's father. So uh, Eusebius of Caesarea had written something in the 4th century called the Historia Ecclesia, or basically the, the church history. So uh, his intent was to write uh, about or present a, a, um, a historic account, if you will, of the first three uh, centuries of the church, the ancient church. So um, you know, in, in that account, he mentions that Eli died childless. Hmm. Well, that's curious, right? So that and people look at that and say, well, that person died childless. Well, then, then they couldn't possibly Eli couldn't possibly be the father of Mary, and therefore blows this whole thing out of the water, and we have a problem. But I would I would just ask the question. So he's writing for about 300 years after uh, you know the the gospel accounts were written and presented, uh, and after you know these things have actually uh, occurred. So one thing is. Uh, Eusebius is not uh, privy to the first-hand information uh, such that Matthew and Luke might have been privy to. Uh, so a lot of those records may have been lost, destroyed. There, there's no telling. It's not like today where you can just 
you know, Google it and find out what you need. Or, hey, well, you know, I forgot about that. That was a long time ago, but it's probably on my Facebook, right? So, you know, he's doing some, some research. You know, he's one of the first people to actually present such a history of the church. So he's got a lot of work, uh, you know, to do. Uh, and even he said that, you know, listen, this may not be exactly perfect accurate, but I'm doing the best job I can here. So here is, you know, the, the first 300 years of church history. So with that said, I, w- I would argue for the accuracy of the uh, gospel account of Luke as opposed to that of uh, Eusebius, as Luke is much closer, obviously, to uh, the situation. He's al- alive and, you know, and has, and, and know, when, the, uh, when Jesus was present during Jesus' ministry uh, and has eyewitnesses to interview. So uh, and, and Luke, being a historian, wants to get it right. So I think this presents a pretty strong case for uh, Luke being pur- purposeful in his account here. So yeah, so there you have it. So you have Matthew with a legal uh, genealogy saying that, yes, Jesus has a legal right to the throne. He's bypassed the curse of Jeconia because he's not blood descent of Jeconia. So he's not offspring, right? So he's bypassed this issue with the curse, but he still has this legal uh, inheritance um, through the, the line of Solomon. And then Luke says, well, not only that, but he also has, he's also from David. He's flesh from, from David or seed from David. And here is the lineage to prove it, right? Um, so, you know, there's there's some other things that, that come up here as well. So one of the things, well, you know, if you look at Matthew's account, he says, you know, each of these generations were, were 14. Um, and also, if, if you really do some studying here, you'll find that Matthew has is bound to have left out some people in this genealogy, right? So here's the thing. Matthew is, he's getting to the the point of it, right? So Matthew's like, listen, I may not be a historian like Luke, but I'm getting to the point of it, and I just want to let you know what's going on here. So he's giving you the highlights of genealogy, which is not uncommon to do, um, you know, even in, in Jewish culture at the time, is to say, listen, here's the important folks that you need to know in this lineage. And yes, there were people in there, you know, and, and, that's fine. We can go back to the records and find those people. But as I'm, as I'm giving you this account, I'm letting you know the highlights. I'm hitting the high points, right? So it's kind of like Sports Center top ten here. And he's a, uh, and it's not also uncommon for you know Jewish folks to memorize such genealogies or lineages so they can demonstrate you know proof of inheritance, for example. So, you know, Matthew's saying, here's the highlights. I want you to know what's going on. I'm including some women because I have a message that is within this genealogy that I'm presenting here. And I want you to know what that message is. Um, but, I'm, but you know, I'm, I'm sectioning in the in the 14. And this is, I'm using this term loosely is what he's saying here. So, um, you know, because there's a, you know, a practice of called uh, gematria, which is a Jewish practice of assigning significance to numbers. So this number 14 here. Uh, you know, for example, if you spelled out uh, uh, David uh, in Hebrew, essentially DVD, and each of those numbers has each of those letters rather has a number assigned to it. Uh, so D has a number four assigned to it. V has the number six, and then another D, of course, has the number four. So DVD, and that equals fourteen, right? So he's linking all these, all this, uh, this number play in here with his message about Jesus has come to save all, and Presenting at the same time the legal uh, the legal inheritance of Jesus, and this basically this really all kind of coincides with Old Testament accounts and prophecies, and 
uh, one other quick thing is, you know, Matthew and Luke, I would say, were likely aware of each other's writings. And, uh, you know, I'm, I, would, I would imagine one of them would say, hey, dude, you know, what do you got going on here? And maybe even, you know, and, and say this is not right. So, you know, there's nothing like this, at least that we have a record of today. So, you know, I, I would argue that this would be uh, some good evidence to show that this is not, in fact, a discrepancy in the biblical writings, but instead, this is um, this is something that you just need to do a, a little bit of research on and get an understanding of where these two authors are coming from, what they're doing here, what they're presenting, and a little bit of history from uh, your Old Testament books. So I hope you uh, hope this kind of brings a little bit of clarity uh, about this for you. And um, so I'll be posting a, a side-by-side comparison of Matthew's uh, genealogy versus Luke on believingforreason.com, uh, and as well as hopefully some some notes from this podcast. And please feel free again to leave comments as, as you will. Um, and we can hopefully have some good discussions so we can both get a better understanding of the work. Because really that's why I started uh, believingforreason.com is to dive in to God's Word to the best of my ability and get a better understanding of exactly what it is He's telling me. And and then be, you know, and that way when someone asks me, why are you a Christian? I can tell them why. I am believing for a reason. So this is a this is the conclusion of the second podcast of Believing for a Reason. Again, I'm Daniel Edward. I hope you enjoyed this. I hope it provides some clarity for you. Uh, and I hope you continue listening to the Believing for a Reason podcast. And you have a, a blessed day. Go out there and give them heaven.